Welcome back to the Kenny Chester Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking vaccines. I don't know. Seems to me he shouldn't be saying that. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe you should buckle, buckle up. up. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. I don't know. Seems to me that he shouldn't be saying that. Well, what is it that you want him to say? Shut him down. Before wading off into the weeds today, let me qualify this show by stating this is not my attempt to shame, bully, or expose dark conspiracies. No matter who you are today, what no matter what caused you to click on this episode and to play it, I want to put to rest right now that I am not here to score points for any side. I am wanting to very personally and and sincerely address this issue from someone that has skin in the game. I, for whatever reason, have been sought out specifically, well, I say whatever reason, I know a few of the reasons, um, but one of the reasons is my wife is in the medical field. She is a family nurse practitioner and she is very good at what she does. Some people do not want to contact her personally and so they'll get they'll contact me and ask me what I feel about this, which I know a lot of times is what do you guys feel about it? What does Misty feel? Uh, if I feel if it's important enough, um, I'll go directly to her to get the nuances. If I feel like she's explained it before, you know, I'll give the explanation. But some people, you know, what, when I say whatever reason, there's other reasons as well. Some people genuinely want to know because I follow a lot of politics and read a lot of uh, of the necessary uh, research, and they want to know my opinion as well. And then, again, my wife and I have conversations constantly about the pandemic. Um, I shouldn't say constantly, but, you know, we when something new, new information comes up or there's a new viral video, we'll discuss it. Um, and we have very different takes on it. Obviously, she's the expert with medical knowledge. Um, I see a little bit more of the political side of things and why people um, are treating it in certain ways, not to say that she doesn't understand that as well. We just come at it from different perspectives. So let me just say that this episode is not going to be, I'll probably make uh, everybody mad by the end of it, <laughs> uh, but that is not the goal. My goal is actually to uh, to talk about this and treat it in a way that maybe has maximum impact uh, for the desired end. Um, and so uh, without any further ado, let me just go ahead and say, uh, I, 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 this is not like a, a hidden thing I've mentioned on the podcast before. M myself, my wife, and the people that we have been, uh, been entrusted to, for their care uh, at our house uh, have all been vaccinated. We took the Moderna vaccine. Um, we didn't jump to the head of the line or anything like that. I wasn't breaking down the door to get it. I wasn't living in fear. But when I was uh, contacted about getting it, um, I had read enough to believe that in its safety, I did not feel pressured by anybody. This was, um, I want to say it was back in May of this year, the first part of May, I think, April is when they started contacting me. And um, there was, you know, at this time, we were still looking at possibly being able to uh, go back to normal after you got the vaccine. When I say that, I mean... Um, no restrictions on where you could go, uh, no mask, things of that nature. Uh, I did not feel, uh, I didn't feel any social pressure. I didn't feel um, any uh, government coercion, uh, anything like that. Uh, I didn't feel like I was being co uh, coerced to doing it. Um, so that being said, I 
personally had read things and I consulted people that I trusted. And this is one of the main things that I feel like I don't have a whole lot to offer this debate on social media is because there's nothing, I don't see anyone being able to convince someone who is entrenched in their position by a social media post from a very unpersonal or impersonal um, platform. If you are truly hoping to change someone's mind, you're going to have to have to operate in the circle of, of trust and influence that you have in personal relationships. One of the reasons that is true is because our, our institutions have burned through all their credibility through this pandemic. So let me start off by saying when it comes to vaccine hesitation, I know a lot of, a lot of my friends and family are vaccine hesitant. And let me just say that you are 100% correct to be distrusting of our institutions. The main reason is that they have lied to you consistently and from the beginning when they told people that masks didn't work. Now, I'm all for people getting it wrong and going and, and correcting that after. If that's the case, that's what, that's, that's, that's okay. You can still maintain credibility and be wrong occasionally as long as you admit your error and just be honest and say, look, we don't know what's going on. This is new. This, let's just give our best guidance on the best available information. That is not what they did. They, they knew that masks worked and they were trying to make sure they had enough for the medical community. Again, not a, not a bad desired outcome to have enough for our frontline workers. But once you spin your credibility in a, in a blatant lie, you say, well, Chester, how, how else they could have done it? Well, they could, have, they could have said, ladies and gentlemen, we need your help. As of right now, we do not have enough masks and, and, and PPE. And so please do not stockpile this. Please do not you know, go out and, 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 and buy all you have uh, or the, all they have and let, let us build up the supply. Stay in your homes, you know, the whole two weeks thing, all that. It, it, even if you say, well, that would have created a panic. Well, it did, it did the same thing. There were, I don't know if y'all remember all the way back in 2020, there were people doing that regardless. And so what, what the, I think the worst thing that, that of that scenario, the worst thing was the next time you get ready to give a health proclamation, you've already been found to be lying. This, and like, again, this isn't like, some, this is an opinion. They lied to us and, and they told us later, well, and, and this has happened repeatedly throughout the pandemic where Someone like a Dr. Fauci will come out later and say, well, the reason I didn't say that then is because I didn't think the American public could hold, uh, could handle that. And at that point, see, that's the point where the American public turn you off because they know that you're willing to lie to them, even if it's quote unquote for the greater good. And I would argue it's not for the greater good because if the greater good would be for them to maintain trust in you long term. And so what, what they have in, a, uh, in effect done is squandered all of their credibility. And this is just not um, health institutions like the CDC um, and uh, whatever uh, Dr. Fauci's organization is, the NH, uh, NIH or something. I, I, can't, I don't know the exact acronym. Um, but also our, our government leaders and our, our free press in the United States, all, all three of these groups from the health officials to the government leadership, municipal authority, thing, and, and then 
our media apparatus, all three of them have lied, have have misled, and 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 there's no, and I, I, there might be a, a few cases, some outlying cases or whatever, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to have had a concerted um, campaign to win that trust back. It's almost as 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 people become more and more distrusting of them, which is well earned, that then they want to get more adversarial and and start painting people that aren't following protocols as the enemy, and they're not the enemy. I mean, if you really want to get into the the ins and outs of of this, you know, there there is a world power that unleashed this plague upon the globe and lied about it at the beginning, has lied about it throughout, and is lying about it right now. And that is the CCP. Um, and I want to make the distinction. This is not the Chinese people. This is the Chinese government. And I feel like it's an evil and corrupt government. And they're merciless in, in their uh, quest for world power. And this is one of those things. Obviously, that's a whole other episode when you get into uh, the, the Wuhan lab of, of virology. Um, and there's uh, connections with American uh, scientists in that as well. So I'm not trying to, once again, not trying to paint the Chinese people um, but the government, the CCP, the communists, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, I, if you if you want an enemy, it's not your it's not your brother and sister, uh, and it's not your uncle on Facebook, and it's not your people in your church. Um, it, 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 if you want an enemy, um, if you feel like this weapon is not, uh, you know, carnal, if 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 you or you feel it is carnal and you don't want to spiritualize this, there are people in the world that are responsible for this and we are fighting amongst ourselves between how to best navigate this plague um when there's really in my opinion has not been any justice uh concerning those that released the plague and then lied about it early on which cost in my opinion cost millions and millions of lives lives uh, and then uh, as, as a secondary point obviously the life lost is the main point but a second uh, secondary point um the crippling effects of the the global economy shutting down like it did, and so those that's my initial thoughts on it. So let me let me speak to the unvaccinated. You are well within your right to distrust everything that your government tells you uh, on this. Um, they earned it. That being said, everything that your government tells you is not false concerning COVID. Um, and and just because the your political um, opposite says it doesn't mean that it's not right. Um, it's, it's amazing if you could step back away from it. Some people can't because they're so, in, they're so steeped in it. But if you could step back away from it and understand that as the presidential election happened in November of uh, 2020, that there was a, a swapping of sides, so to speak, in uh, when it comes to vaccine hesitancy and vaccine, if, if, if uh, people undermining the vaccines. Um, effectiveness um, throughout the campaign. And this is, isn't, again, this is an opinion. You can go back. It's still right now. It's in recorded uh, in interviews and, and literally on film. We have the audio and <laughs> and there's also digital copies of it online as far as the print of what the words that was transcribed. You have both the president now and the vice president now who were campaigning for the president, both undermining the confident public confidence in the vaccine. And they were, and it wasn't just you know Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris. It was the others in the field that were talking about how they're not they're not sure that they could trust a vaccine that was produced by this government. And so right then, you already have a group 
that's doing a lot of damage to the confidence in the American public concerning the efficiency of these vaccines. Well, once you become um, the power, once you become uh, the person that's uh, responsible for vaccination rates, then of course you're going to change your tune when it comes to the effectiveness of the vaccines. Now understand this, none of the science changed. None of the, none of the, how the vaccine was developed has been changed. None of the technology used has been changed. It's, 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 it was political, purely political. So from, from the good that happened during Operation Warp Speed that produced this great vaccine, in my opinion, a great vaccine, um, all that good that would have been Trump's triumph when Trump lost the election, now the people that said it was, it was faulty or, or was, was shady for some or whatever reason, now they have to convince the public that what they said wasn't true and that it's something that you could trust. And, and people see through that. And, and I'm not saying everybody does, but I mean, the people that are, have their eyes open to this type of political games, they see through that. And so you come in uh, to the White House when you've already undermined public confidence and uh, Vaccines, and but now you got to play catch up, and 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 you got a you got a goal to hit, which another that's again I, I think I addressed that on a podcast before. The goal was already being hit, um, so you set low expectations. But anyway, there have been missteps after that as well. Um, there have been missteps when it come to I think the pausing of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine was was a was a brutal blow into the public confidence in the vaccines. Um, it, I think it had to do with blood clotting, uh, but blood clotting, and how that in some studies it was showing that it uh, uh, maybe even with pregnant women. I can't remember. I don't want to get it wrong. I'm not. I, once again, I'm not a journalist here. I just read what what is reported, and then I read some of the scientific papers regarding it. Um, but I think when is, when all the dust settled from that pause. Um, Vaccine confidence had took a huge blow, and it turned out that I think the the blood clotting issue uh, was actually less than what um, aspirin would do. Like that, you'd be a greater risk of blood clotting through aspirin than you would for the vaccine. And people take there's some people that take aspirin on a daily an aspirin on a daily basis, but it was just something that you could use to undermine that. And people that already were hesitant again because they should be because they've been lied to. That that was just another another uh, uh, item in a long list of reasons to be hesitant, and so you 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 get that. Also, you have to understand, and I I want you to understand if you're unvaccinated out there. Again, I can't stress this enough. I, I, you're not my enemy. Um, I hope I hope that you you make this personal decision, and that's what it is. It's a personal decision. Um, if I can give you my experience with it and help one way or the other, that's great. But the fact is, if you don't have someone in your inner circle of your life that can make this argument, um, then I, there's nothing I can do. And so I, a lot of people have asked me, it's like, well, what do you think should be done as far as, you know, how to, how to, and I, and I tell them, I was like, the only way this battle, in my opinion, the only way this battle is going to be won is if people that have not squandered their credibility can have honest, open conversations. When you don't know something, you say you don't know. When you've been wrong in the past, you say you've been wrong. And and then that's the only way you cannot guilt people into getting the vaccine because they don't trust you. Guilt is something you use when you actually care about what the person thinks. Like if you care about what your wife thinks, then yes, you should feel guilty, you know, when, when you violate her trust or when you, she can, and I'm not saying you use guilt, but there are certain times where you should feel guilty of your behavior, but you won't feel guilty over an oppressive regime because you, they don't have your, you don't, you, they don't, you don't trust them. 
And so I've seen uh, something, and I think I, I had a, res- a lot of respect for this. Um, um, she was, a, I think she was the owner of Coulette Magazine or Coulette Magazine. Her name is Claire Lamont. Um, and uh, back two or three years ago, they were doing some dynamic reporting. It was an outfit out of Australia, but they had reporters in the United States. And I used to read a lot of their articles. I, I really was a big fan of them. Um, one thing that she said, uh, recently on Twitter was, um, maybe the messaging of the vaccine hesitant shouldn't focus so much on health, but should instead focus on the burden to taxpayer. No one wants to be the brand. No one wants to be branded a free rider or a, a sponge, uh, but that's exactly what vaccine hesitant are. They are a massive expletive burden. And I think this is the wrong approach. Number one, from just the, the practical concerns, like, where do you stop that? Like, like there, you know, who also is a huge burden on, uh, you know, uh, insurance and, and the hospital and health systems is people that, you know, are, that eat bad, you know, that have unhealthy diets, the people that, um, do, you know, uh, crazy, um, things with their life. And, and yes, there are consequences of that when it comes to insurance. But when we talk about like, should we tax those people more like, you know, should we should we somehow withdraw that uh, that capital and try to recover those funds? And I'm not saying she's suggesting that, but what I'm saying is like once you start thinking that way, what's to keep you from thinking? Okay, well, we need to um, uh, enact some type of vengeance over people that uh, are adding to a burden. Uh, and again, I don't even agree with the 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 merits of the argument. But one obvious issue is here that you cannot you cannot guilt people. Um, that, that don't trust you that, or don't trust that you have their best interests at heart. Um, if you're doing political messaging, you, you got to understand this is a catastrophic failure. Uh, there's a Twitter account. His name is a uh, local distance, which is, is It's a funny name, but he went through a thread and he took this, this, uh, idea apart, uh, piece by piece. It says when you're trying to do some messaging, you're trying to persuade somebody of something, it only works. Guilt only works if the people buy into your premises and your moral framework. If people think you're guilting them cynically, they won't be persuaded. Obviously their views will harden and the message will have backfired. Persuasion requires people trust you. Regular people are concerned about how proper or how power will be used against them. And if they think you don't respect them and they are starting to think that you will use that power against them, they will distrust you. And so this is exactly what's happened. These people are impossible to be, to be persuaded by the government or even by health officials is because these people have been treated cynically already. And another thing that's it's, it's crazy to me uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to get into that uh, on today's podcast. I might save that for another one. Um, you know, let's get in. Let's get into some of the numbers. Uh, there's a lot of, in my opinion, there's a lot of misinformation out there uh, concerning vaccines and vaccination rates, and there's been some viral videos, and uh, I can't, I don't have a, tra- a, a chance to address them all. Um, but let me just say, uh, let me just throw out some um, stats to combat some of this. Um, and and I, I don't know if I finished that point while I go. Oh yeah, I remember what I was saying. I do this often on the podcast. Y'all have to forgive me. Let me tie up that point. So what I'm saying is that I'm not going to be able to do it on, on a social media pr- platform if I'm going to actually convince somebody um, to uh, persuade them to my side. It's going to have to be because they trust me and because I have a good relationship with them. And what the good news is, over the last two weeks, I've had several conversations where people reach out to me and say, what do you think about this? And to me, that is very encouraging. Now, a lot of that is because of this new Delta surge that's happening right now. And I think people are, are starting to um, see that it's it's not some made-up thing. Um, you know, after you, and this is anecdotal, but after you, you bury a friend or you bury a loved one who you knew um, that COVID was at least a cause, at least, you know, 
precipitated the the issue that was fatal, then you start thinking about it seriously. And so that's what I, that was the completion of that thought is that it's going to have to, it ain't, it ain't going to come from some argument on Twitter. It's not going to come from some politician. It's not going to come from some health expert. It's definitely not going to come from some news report. It's going to happen in one-on-one conversations where people are just, feel safe enough to be honest about their opinions. And uh, luckily I've, I've got a really good, uh, situation at my church and within my family people know know that I'm vaccinated but I'm not I'm not I'm not a vaccine evangelist uh, and the reason I'm not is because um, it's a personal health decision and it, it needs to be left between that person and their doctor and that's the last point I want to make on to that issue about trust if you do not have a primary care provider that you trust to tell you the truth about your health then you are in worse shape than 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 just being vaccine hesitant how are you going to, like, you probably are in bad health if you don't trust your primary care provider because who, where are you getting your health advice from? Like, who are you, like, if, if you don't trust them and they give you medicine for high blood pressure, you're not going to take it because you don't believe that they have your, their, your best interest at, at heart or, yeah, uh, in mind when they, and they give you that stuff. And so you need to have that in your life regardless. If you don't trust your, your uh, PCP uh, right now, I should say that, <laughs> primary care provider, <laughs> PCP. My, <laughs> some people really trust PCP and it messed up in their minds. <laughs> um, but, but on your primary care provider, if you don't trust them, you need to find somebody that you do trust because that's a, that's a whole other issue. There's going to be other health issues that you're going to have to address. And if you don't trust them, you know, what, what are you even doing going there? So, so what I would say as like talk to people that you love talk to people with that knowledge and then go talk to your primary care provider and say given my health history given what you think and honestly if you have a good one and there's a lot of good ones out there um that they'll tell you the truth i i when i talk to my uh i, I see a nurse practitioner uh, here in west tennessee uh she's an older lady i love her to death uh, she's so good at what she does and it's a smaller clinic i mean it's a rural community it's a smaller clinic i'm always able to get in and out pretty quickly when i go um and it's not because i'm rushed it's because you know there's not a whole lot of people that uh, use the facility but uh, she she straight up told me uh, it was early on this is before i was vaccinated and she had got uh, one shot and she was hesitant because of the way she felt and she was still uh, some of the science was still out on it uh she had she had had uh, enough information given that she thought it was safe but then she had a little bit of a reaction and she's like i wonder you know and she, she did some more study now she did get her second shot uh from what i understand and and and, and i you, you got to talk to these people and if they're honest they won't speak to you from a position of ultimate wisdom and authority like they know everything that i you know that's that's something great i, I love that about um, especially, and I don't know where you live and you're listening to this podcast, but that's one thing I love about small town, uh, doctors and, and clinics, or whatever, uh, I, they just seem so personable and so reasonable when they talk about these things, you know, it's like, Hey, this is the best available data right now. And so I get that too, that some people would want to, to wait on it. Um, I personally believe it's safe. Um, I personally believe it's, 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 um, it's better than the alternatives. Um, and, and, and that's something, again, that's a whole nother episode that I don't even know if I want to have that or not, because that's, that's being done so much. Um, but I'm just trying to, uh, talk through it as I see it and why we went ahead and got it. Let me, let me give you some uh, statistics right now. And again, you've probably seen these and read certain things, but to correct some of the, um, it's this new surge, why get vaccinated when, their uh, people are with the vaccine are, are also getting uh, re, uh, getting infected, um, and so this is some data. That, and uh, again, data it's it's on a it's it it rolls out. It's always lagging behind, um, and so this is the more more recent data that we had. This was released, I think, uh, this this week uh, from one of the hospitals in Texas that they were experiencing um, some. Uh, 
some surging. And so let me, uh, as far as vaccinated versus unvaccinated, number one, on, on your vaccine, you have to realize that, and, and if you go into it believing that you the vaccine will 100% keep you from getting sick with that thing you're being vaccinated against, you're already, you're already setting yourself up for failure. There's zero vaccines available that is one are one hundred percent available or effective that I understand. Uh, let me let me say that again. I, 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 I messed up my speech. There are zero vaccines that I'm, I'm aware of that are one hundred percent effective. There will always be breakthrough cases, and so this is one of the things that I, I keep hearing. People's like, "Well, why get it if you can still get it or you can still transmit it?" I'll tell you why. It's because the people that have been vaccinated, the rates at which they are becoming severely ill or or dying are so reduced as far as uh, the people that are, are, are unvaccinated. Like there is a clear line of distinction. So if you get vaccinated knowing I might get COVID and it will feel like a cold rather than I will get COVID and end up on a ventilator, that is a practical, you know, statement. It's, 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 true. It's a true statement, but it also puts it into perspective. It's like, look, you're not going to be a superhuman if you get this vaccine. Um, you know, it's not going to change your DNA. You're not going to be a mutant or anything like that. Um, but what it will do, and it might not keep you from getting COVID, but it will keep you from becoming seriously ill and dying or, or greatly reduce your chances. The the study that I, that I wanted to quote here from, from Houston Healthcare, it was released on August 9th, 2020, uh, of 81 hospitalized in this study, 81 hospitalized, 72 of them were unvaccinated and nine vaccinated. So it's like, oh, see there, Kenny, there's nine. Yeah, but there's 72 that are in the hospital. So you do see the distinction, right? We're not saying that it's 100% effective. We're saying that, and you say, well, they shouldn't even be in the hospital. Well, let's talk about like how severely, like maybe they just went to the hospital to be, you know, tested. They had something else going on and they had COVID, but they had been vaccinated. How many were in the ICU? Well, 23 were unvaccinated and zero were vaccinated. There, were no, there was nobody in the ICU that had been vaccinated. There was a, there was how many about on ventilators? I mean, talking about like they, they could not breathe and they, they needed the help or they wouldn't get enough oxygen to their normal mode of breathing. 11 were on ventilators. How many of those on ventilators were unvaccinated? 11. So of the 81 hospitalized, there were 23 in the ICU and 11 on ventilators. Of those 23 in the ICU, none of them had been vaccinated. And of the 11 on ventilators, none of them had been vaccinated. And these are stark contrast of, of, so that's data. So you say, well, I saw that where there's a, uh, like so many people, like the percentage of people that got it in, in Vermont, they, you know, their, their, their life was like 40% or 50% had been vaccinated. Yeah. But let's talk about how severely ill they were or if they had died, because that's what the vaccine promises. And also it's, it's a statistical game. When you start realizing that people are starting to talk to you in percentages and not cases, then you have to figure out, it's like, oh, how many cases and ask more questions. I, I, I use this example. I use this. I was talking to some friends after church uh, Wednesday night. And one of the examples I use is, I think of it this way. Before the vaccine, 100 people, 100, 100% of COVID cases were of the unvaccinated, right? Because there was no vaccine. There was 0% vaccinated that had COVID before the vaccine released. Okay, that's obvious, right? So as vaccina the vaccination, um, is released, there's going to be a percentage rise because it's statistically zero <laughs> before the vaccine is released. Are you still following me? And so when the vaccine releases, that means that the breakthrough cases that are minuscule, we're talking about statistically minuscule breakthrough cases, um, 
obviously there's going to be a rise in vaccinated cases. And so you can interpret that data and be like, oh, my Lord, it's, it's rising. Well, it has to rise because it was at zero. So 0.0007% would be a rise, but that does not mean that the vaccines aren't effective. And then take that, that same logic a step further and say, okay, well, in these high vaccinated areas, there's a higher rate of people getting it that have the vaccine. And you don't want to be you don't want to be mean to people that quote that, but you 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 still have to explain to them, yeah, as as more of the population is vaccinated, then more of the caseload, I mean the, the percentages will rise of breakthrough cases. There was a great um um infographic. Uh, I think the, the New York Post did it uh, at the end of this past month, right at the beginning of July. I think it was like July, I mean, at the beginning of August, um, where they did 161 million people that had been vaccinated in the United States, contrary <laughs> to what the president said about uh, however many uh, billion. <laughs> um, there was, a, at this time, there's 161 million vaccinated. So of that number, how many had a breakthrough COVID case and were hospitalized? 5,601. And of that number, how many died of COVID? You want the percentage? You want to talk, excuse me, you want to stop, talk percentages there? What is the percentage of the, of the death out of 161 million? 0. 0.0007. If you were studying no statistics, that is statistically zero. Now, yes, there, there were people that, that were to get it. And, and, and they got sick and they died and they had been vaccinated. How many of 161 million? 0.0007%. That's not 7%. It's, it's less than 1%. It's 0. 0.0007. And so that, hopefully that'll put it into perspective. People are saying, well, these vaccines, we don't know if they're working. The vaccines are 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 a miracle as far as the how they're working they are working phenomenally well some more interesting data that was brought up by Nate Silver Nate Silver uh any that follows politics he is a incredible statistician or statistician uh when it comes to presidential election and polling and things of that nature uh, he had some good data that was sourced um i think through a new york times article which again you know Roll your eyes. I understand. I get all that. Um, this is uh, the data, though, as reported. Over the past week, the 10 least vaccinated states are averaging three times as many cases per capita than the 10 most vaccinated states. Of those, three are uh, 4.3 times as many hospitalization per capita and 6.5 times more deaths per capita. Um, so, again, there's a clear delineation between vaccinations and unvaccinations when it gets to cases and then more so the divide grows larger in hospitalizations and then even larger when it comes to deaths which that's as he he goes on to say seeing a bigger gap in deaths than than cases is exactly what you'd expect given how the vaccine works especially under the delta pretty good against cases like keeping you from getting it but very good against severe outcomes and so again this is more data, and at at the point, if you want to say I don't trust the data, I understand. You know, I, I don't. You're not you're not stupid or a Neanderthal or anything like that because of that. Again, all our public health institutions, media, uh, and municipal authority have squandered all of that. But the fact that you don't believe 
it coming from them doesn't mean that it's not a legitimate source. And like, so that uh, this goes again to a recurring theme on the Kenny Chester podcast is that we are a divided people and people will run to, um, the things that they, they want to believe. It's a aspect of confirmation bias. When you seek out that you can do the same thing with scripture, you get an idea in your head and then you go to scripture to help it, uh, support your positions rather than, uh, reading it in the Bible and then changing your position. Um, Tom Nichols puts it pretty good in his book, The Death of Expertise. He says, These are dangerous times. Neither have, Never have so many people had so much access to so much knowledge and yet have been so resistant to learning anything. And that goes as well to confirmation bias. You've got the world of information at your fingertips, but instead of trying to figure out exactly what is the correct thing to believe you are entrenched in a position that you only want information that confirms your presuppositions. And this goes both ways, whether you're pro vaccination or anti-vax on at this, on this issue alone. Um, so in conclusion, let me again state what I've, what I did at the beginning, your hesitancy and mistrust is valid. The people that you were supposed to go to for this information failed you at almost every level nationally. You watched during the 2020 lockdowns as experts in the field advised that you not go to church and the government shut down worship services. At the same time, they were celebrating large protests and riots. You saw the double standard again when government officials prohibited large group gatherings even in your home with close friends and family while flouting their own guidelines would go and have dinner parties at restaurants that were closed down to the public. They also were in salons, getting their hair done without mask, while telling you that you should cut your own hair. You saw them herald the greatness and the competency of the New York Democratic governor as a beacon of hope and efficiency after he signed an order that killed thousands of our most vulnerable in society and then cover it up and then resign in shame only months after having nothing to do with that failure. At the same time, you saw them attack a Republican governor who was anything but incompetent through their perceived and imagined missteps that he made. You saw the double standard. You've been through crushing isolation. You've been through some measure of depression within your family. Your children's schools have been shut down or greatly diminished in their capacities to teach. And after all of this, you have not been apologized to 
no one has come out and owned this. And furthermore, they're accusing you of being the reason that we're in the shape that we're in right now. It's your grandmother and your uncle on Facebook and not the sitting president of the United States and his vice president who undermined the science behind the vaccine. So I reiterate, your concerns are valid. That being said, do not let the failings of these institutions drive you into an echo chamber in which you only seek out and read information that confirms your presuppositions. Don't let it clout your judgment when making personal decisions for you and your family. Seek out credible sources. Talk to people that you trust. Talk to your primary care provider. Talk to them about what's the best plan for you. And know that it's a personal decision. You are not the enemy. And we're all in this together. Thank you for listening. God bless. You've been listening to the Kenny Chester Podcast. Please consider subscribing and leaving a review. 